1: for December the 19th in the year of our Lord, 2022. Wow, it's already Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the broadcast. Our goal is to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country. And to do so on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed. We use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law that I am, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers. What are the peaceful solutions we still have at our fingertips? As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome. Hope you had a God family country style weekend as I did. Now, we talked about the U.S. ready to help China on COVID-19 surge if they ask. We also know the question is being asked in mainstream press circles now Is the mRNA technology behind the recurrence of COVID-19 symptoms among fully vaccinated individuals? A report by the Republican on the House, what do they call this thing? The House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence concludes there are indications that the COVID-19 pandemic is tied to China's Biological Weapons Research Program at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Did you hear me? The Republicans now, mainstream Republicans are saying, hey, COVID-19 scandal tied to, listen, Biological Weapons Research Program in the communist nation of China. The SARS-CoV-2 virus which the lawmakers believe was engineered at the lab. Yeah, moved over to the general population during an incident, they say. The staff report says, according to Fox News Digital, and you look at that and you go, wow, they're literally blatantly admitting that it was created by the Communist Chinese in their weapons development programs, and they've already documented that we funded it. We were in bed with the Communist Chinese to create the covid And then they don't tell you how it was released, but they say an incident, whatever that means. They think it might have been by accidentally leaked. I think it was intentionally perpetrated on the world to see how far would let them go. It was a shot across the bow, ladies and gentlemen, to see will the people stand for liberty or will the people cave and can they remake society? Yeah, the global deep state wages holy war on America is what's going on, ladies and gentlemen. They want to attack Christian America and Christian beliefs, and Christian understandings all around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, you got to ask the next question. Is a financial reset coming on the heels of this? And I predict to some degree they're certainly going to try. Will they get away with it? Time will tell. Then we had Chris Carlson on on Saturday with us, and we talked about Arizona set to certify Cary Lake's loss. Maricopa County files motion to dismiss Cary Lake's lawsuit. The motion dismissed, they say, is because the claims to the legal arguments made by Lake are legal nonsense. That's all they have to say for themselves. It's legal nonsense, so we're going to dismiss. Forget the evidence in the case, etc., etc. Just go along with the prosecutors and say it's nonsense. Dereliction in duty as we find more election fraud. Joel dot worldaffairsbrief.com, documents these, quote, Money mules, if you will. We've heard about the voting mules, right? 2,000 mules. But this is money mules where they literally donated tiny amounts of money over and over and over and over. Same people. Donor fraud going on, ladies and gentlemen. Every time we turn around, more evidence of fraud. But every time they continue to dismiss case after case after case. And after a while, Americans will find no redress of grievance and take action elsewhere. Pray it doesn't happen, predicting if this continues that it will. Yeah, the fight for election integrity continues, according to True the Vote. And they say we hold one ideal as their true north. Listen carefully. We the people are more powerful than all of them. Amen to that reality check. Elections have been corrupted by a thousand cuts. And the path to righting these wrongs will be by a thousand measures. Rather than a single victory, or victory that fixes everything. Here's the truth The vote solution. You ready? Our numbers are greater than theirs, right? But they say this, when we show up, when we stand up, when we speak out to expose the exploitation of election process, our actions will drive change, ladies and gentlemen. Amen to that. Officials from the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security frequently met with the heads of major social media companies. And pointing out information that should be removed and users that should be banned, that's according to the state attorney generals of, what, Missouri and Louisiana, standing up telling the truth. We found that the FBI plays a big role in working with social media companies to censor speech. Yeah, and they literally met ahead of the 2020 election, flat out asking for account takedowns literally manipulating the information we get, thus manipulating elections. Facebook then suspends the laptop Hunter Biden story. Twitter suppressed the story under its policy against hacked information, even though there's no evidence that the information was hacked. Since filing our lawsuit, these two attorney generals say, We've discovered troves of information that shows a massive censorship enterprise, Mr. Schmidt said. Now we're deposing top government officials and we're one of the first to get a look under the hood about the information that we've received regarding this. It is shocking, to say the least. It's clear that the Department of Homeland Security in bed with FBI Literally, we're censoring Americans' speech. That's what Landry, the other t- attorney general, added. Yeah. So anyway, we talked about all that in great detail. I'm going to leave the second hour of discussion on, Tuesday, or on Saturday uh, for a little later in the broadcast with Dr. Scott Bradley because it's so different in discussion from what we want to talk about now. Dr. Bradley, welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Hope you guys had a delightful weekend.
2: Well, it's been a frosty the snowman weekend. I mean, it was Amen to that. Seven, seven below zero this morning, uh, still below zero, uh, although it's inching up or notching up very, very slowly. Yeah, I guarantee a white Christmas in my neck of the woods. Don't know if we'll have a lot of new snow. Maybe we'll have some, but we got a gob of it now, so I guess it'll stay cold. But uh, that's
1: what a lot of people look for is a white Christmas, right? <laughs> Amen to that. And comparing to last year, we have the same amount of snow already this year than we had last year at about February's time. So we're a couple of months ahead, and if that holds true and we continue to get the water we hope for, it might be a season to reduce the drought status we've been in for such a long time. That would be a blessing and a half. We pray for it.
2: Well, absolutely. We need the water. Uh, but I guarantee, I mark my word, Sam, I don't care how much we get this year. It'll still be, oh, ain't it awful, we're all going to die by the official reports. I am just shocked at how there's just this dreary um, uh, hopelessness that seems to drip off the lips of those that seem to be the so-called leaders of this nation and, and this, uh, well, our state particularly. I, I, You know, I, I was in a meeting, I think I might have mentioned this before, and we don't need to get distracted with this. There's people that want to pump water from the Pacific Ocean to refill the Great Salt Lake, and it's like huh, and lost their I, marbles, man. I wonder how far they'll. Co- I mean, first of all, how big's the pipe? How many billions will it cost? How long will it take? And why are they going to refill it clear to the Bonneville Lake level, which would put most of the communities in the in the state underwater, or are they just going to fill it far enough so that they can? start paying for their boondoggle their multi multi-million dollar boondoggle where they put pumps in the west desert of utah because they were worried the lake was going to get too deep someday i mean holy cow, they've never pumped one drop of water since since they put those in decades ago and it was just a plain flat out white elephant that's out there in the middle of the desert
1: these people, well, and it's but like love their things. plans to suck CO2 or this or that out of the, yeah. the atmosphere and this kind of stuff too. These people are crazy. The more they tamper with the environment, the more trouble we're gonna have, doctor. It's just they're just gonna create their own crisis that they do over and every time we tamper with God's creations. Every time we tamper with the proper rule of government, every time we tamper with anything that's holy, it seems like we just run it off the rails. And then our reaction is instead of to back off and stop doing it, they just have another plan to run it off the rails the other direction.
2: Yeah, they double down on everything. And it's like create a problem and create another quote-unquote solution that exacerbates the problem, and then they got to create another solution to that problem. It's it's just astounding to me, and it's kind of like... you know, put, putting forth our puny arm to change the Mississippi River or the Missouri River or any, the Niagara Falls. I mean, think of the forces of nature that are out there, and and we just are absolutely determined that we're going to work our will on these things. And and every single one of them has a huge socialist uh, solution to it. And one of the reasons they they're so focused, I believe, on the atmosphere is that, the environment is everything. It it completely engulfs everything, how we yeah. get our Air, food. water, right? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Anything. All, All right, everything. we come back, Chocolate I want to talk about democracy in relation to this, too, because now Elon Musk trying to run Twitter by democracy, which I think he can do what he wants with his own personal private company, but I think it spells trouble if we continue to believe in this dishonest, immoral, manipulative, dishonest Um, democracy philosophy we'll talk about it in seconds on your radio Right, so I'm not liking this push towards democracy from Elon Musk. I get that he can do what he wants with his own company, but we've swung the pendulum from tyrannical government control now to flat out unbridled people control. Both in my opinion extremes are dangerous and will lead to anarchy slash tyranny, the continued reality of history. It becomes evident, ladies and gentlemen, but let me give you the two headlines, and then we'll have Dr. Bradley um, discuss this with us here. The first one is he says this, quote, the people have spoken. Elon Musk backtracks big time, brings back journalists and pundits he just suspended. Okay, so we get crazy, tyrannical, suspends him, and then goes, whoops, hold on, let's do a poll, and the people have spoken. Now Twitter users overwhelmingly in a poll from Musk to step down as CEO. Yes, yeah, significantly more than half of 17.5 million users who responded to a poll that asked, hey, should you know Elon Musk just step down? They overwhelmingly said yes. And then the poll got closed. So now does that mean that Elon Musk just steps down because the masses say so? I'm very concerned about this push towards democracy idea. They've hailed the term, pretending it's synonymous with a constitutional republic uh, for decades. But now they're literally trying to lead by example to where pretty soon everybody's going to riot and say democracy is the only way to go. Doctor, they're jettisoning all the, in my opinion, protections that have been put in place by wise founding fathers who understood democracy is just as dangerous as tyranny. Sir? Well, democracy is tyranny.
2: It's a tyranny of the masses. And, uh, you know, if you can get a some kind of very s- s- smooth-tongued devil up there convincing the ignorant masses, and we are very largely ignorant anymore, of this or that or the other, you get the movement going, and it's a tsunami, and pretty soon, holy cow, we've just overrun all of the banks. And not just them. I mean, I'm talking about the financial banks. I'm talking about the banks of the river. And it's so interesting to me, you know. Your mention of democracy keys a lot of thoughts in my mind. We could probably spend hours on this, but, but let me just, um, you know, you talk about the decades that this has been going on. You know, the humanists uh, are running our schools. It's a, it's a de facto religion. It's a faith-based belief system that has no divine god. It's a, a system that uh, violates the, the First Amendment because it has established a taxpayer-paid religious belief system, albeit an, a, not a divine God. It's it's a belief in man's wisdom, but it's faith-based. It truly is, and it's not much we can base our faith on. But at any rate, uh, you know that the humanists have put out three manifestos, one in 1933, one in 1973, and one in 2003, if I recall. Anyway, out of the 2000, no, see, it's the 1973 humanist manifesto. We read, what is These manifestos have become the de facto uh, lesson plan for yeah, United States schools. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you read these manifestos and you can't see what's being taught every single day to the children in our education system, you need to do a recalibration of your ability to connect the
1: dots. And not only so every anyway, single day, but hours and hours of every single day, more than parents, more than church, more than anybody else has, you know, face time with children these people in this agenda do and does so to speak absolutely there's no question this religion rules it's the secular
2: it's a civil religion in america tragically tragically we've forgotten the god of abraham isaac and jacob and then maybe I'll I'll give you what comes out of this manifesto we must extend participatory democracy in its true sense to the economy the school the family, the workplace, and voluntary associations. So this is what Elon Musk is doing, and this is why it's so easily embraced by everybody. Oh, yeah, we get the word on this thing. Well, you know what? Sometimes the word is, if you get spun this way so long, so many decades, by a false religion in our education system that's drummed into the heads of the kids, you know, when they go into uh, the university life, they they get... uh, uh, lower education, if you will, that destroys further faith in in correct principles. So this democracy concept truly is drummed into the heads of the people. And and what we need to understand is the words of the founding fathers. Uh, in in May thirty first, seventeen eighty seven, at the beginning of the Constitution Convention, Edmund Randolph, out of Virginia, told his fellow delegates the purpose of the convention was quote to provide a cure for the evils under which the United States labored, that in tracing these evils to their origin, every man had found in it the turbulence and follies of democracy. Okay, so, and and we could go at length what had been written. I mean, the Founding Fathers were clearly well-versed in the uh, Greek democracy concept, for example, how they really boogered up everything in society based upon democracies. They, they, they weren't just making up words when they came up with the republic. They understood these things very, very, very clearly. And so it's, it's very interesting to me that as we go down the, the road just a little bit, when Marx published his uh, uh, scurrilous uh, manifesto, the Communist Manifesto, uh, they mentioned that the, in order to win over communism, we must win the battle for democracy. You go forward a little bit further and you look at what, oh, uh, Woodrow Wilson, for example, but at the same time he was saying it about democracy and the world. Uh, Lenin, not John Lennon, okay, some of you people don't understand that the Russian leader that with the revolution was Lenin. Lenin said that democracy was just a stepping stone into communism. And then you go forward a little bit further into the 1930s, you'll, you listen to what Chairman Mao said. It wasn't chairman then, but he was uh, doing this communist revolution, he said that it is absolutely a stepping stone into communism. So here what we have today. And if you listen to presidents and pundits and you listen to media people and, and uh, politicians, everything, all they can say is about this democracy nonsense. It was no way, shape, or form. It was intended to be a democracy. You, you look at the fourth article of the Constitution. Uh, every state's guaranteed a democracy? No, it's a republic, and and the the concepts of republics and democracies are
1: universes apart. And what? And and uh, not only sadly, that, when it says guarantee, what does that mean? <clears throat> See, we let this kind of slide. We let this go, and I even bring up the politicians oftentimes whenever they use the word democracy on the radio, and I say. You know, even though we don't have a democracy, we have a Republican. They're like, yeah, I know. We have a Republican democracy or democracy, a Democratic Republic Or And they go on and just try to justify their Democratic claims or democracy claims, even though it's not factual. Instead of understanding the correction made, they just justify their democracy push. Well, here's the deal.
2: We can go back to when Washington was president and Jefferson was secretary of state. A Frenchman by the name of Edmond Jeannette came to the United States. And it's, it's a very fascinating story. We don't have time to review it, I'm sure. But Edmond Jeannette was the ambassador from, from France, and he was part of these revolutionary guys who were over there doing their nonsense because of the Illuminati. Well, what he did is he came, as he meandered his way to come and meet Washington, he created Democratic Republic clubs across the country, wherever he went. When Jefferson and and Washington heard of it, they were livid, absolutely livid. They very publicly and very pointedly decried these Democratic-Republican committees, or not committees, but clubs. And, And when they did so, they disappeared. The whole country turned their back on them. Now, revisionist historians have said, oh, yeah, Jefferson was a... Uh, a Democratic-Republican. No, he wasn't. They never used the term. They were for the Republic. And people later on, these revisionist historians, changed and they modified and they said, oh, yeah, the origins of this party is the Democratic-Republicans. Well, later on, there were some that adopted that. There's no question. But none of the Founding Fathers did. And so this is a complete fallacy how democracy has been woven into this thing. And so, so for let's come back to Elon Musk for a minute. Elon Musk, as you pointed out, it's his company. I think he very foolishly will listen to the democracy uh, blather that's out there, but it is something that has been taught to our children for so many decades. The participatory democracy concept is going to be extended into the workplace, and Musk is not an individual that's immersed in the americanist principles that made us the country we were i say were past tense but uh, musk has no idea and he's going to go with this democracy thing and it will further
1: strengthen the movement for democracy in this country sadly i'm calling this section the clear and present danger of democracies ladies and gentlemen you are listening to the one and only liberty roundtable live
0: Claiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
4: USA News, I'm Lance Pry. Severe turbulence jolted a flight from Phoenix to Honolulu Sunday, seriously injuring 11 people in what a Hawaiian Airlines official called an isolated and unusual event. John Snook, the airline COO, said the airline hasn't experienced an incident of this nature in recent history. The flight was full, carrying 278 passengers and 10 crew members when severe turbulence disrupted the flight. 20 people in all were taken to hospitals when the plane landed in Hawaii. Along the U.S. southern border, Americans have no choice to prepare for a record number of immigrants entering the USA illegally. Some conservative estimates say as many as 5,000 people a day will be released onto the streets of America. Texas Governor Republican Greg Abbott on ABC News.
3: Uh, Whether it's COVID or some other issue, when you have people coming across the globe without knowing at all what their health status is, that almost by definition is a public health risk.
4: In an extreme view of transparency, Elon Musk has been releasing Twitter documents showing government agencies meeting with Twitter executives to discuss what should be censored from the American people on the platform. Now Elon wants you to chime in should he stay or should he go as CEO? The controversial CEO posted a poll as a tweet on Sunday asking if he should
5: step down as head of the social media platform. The majority of the nearly 10 million voters want Musk to exit his perch. A follow-up tweet from Musk, as the saying goes, be careful what you wish as you might get it. I'm Jerry Barmash.
4: Cadillac Frank Salem, the once powerful New England mafia boss who was serving a life sentence behind bars, For the 1993 killing of a boston nightclub owner has died at the age of 89 in prison salem led the patriarca crime family in boston in the early 1990s this is usa news
5: the holidays are here. Achieve gifting greatness when you give perfectly aged, tender, delicious Omaha steaks. The steak experts at Omaha Steaks have curated special gift packages to take the guesswork out of gifting and make you a holiday hero. Go to omahasteaks.com and take advantage of 50% off site wide. Plus, use code TREAT at checkout to get an additional $40 off your order. Send an assortment of mouthwatering favorites guaranteed to impress, like the legendary Butcher's Cut Filet Mignon, Air Chilled Boneless Chicken, Ultra juicy burgers even easy to prepare ready in a flash comfort meals omaha steaks is ready to ship your order right away so shop early and beat the shipping rush go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code treat at checkout omaha steaks is a gift from the heart remembered with every unforgettable bite order with complete confidence today knowing you're ordering the very best visit omahasteaks.com get 50 percent off site wide plus use promo code treat at checkout to get that extra 40 dollars off your order minimum order may be required
1: All right, back with you live, we're talking about the clear and present danger of democracy, ladies and gentlemen. And democracy is a, a big enough concern. Uh, but I believe tyranny is the, uh, just as big of a concern. And really, one is the same as the other, to be factual about the matter. But here's the problem. They're using uh, tyranny on one end and the will of the people on the other end as the two bookends of the Hegelian dialectic, ladies and gentlemen. It is disaster. All right. So listen to this. The latest Twitter files. The FBI was in constant and pervasive contact with social media companies. Agents literally sent social media companies lists of users to be suspended, writes Art Moore of WND.com. Think about that. Musk Hints now that he's unearthed messages from Dr. Anthony Fauci's team, urging Twitter to censor anyone who didn't comply with the federal government's official narrative on COVID-19 vaccines. So just how much did Twitter do to get Biden elected? Bob Unruh, WND.com. Editorial calls out Twitter for, quote, unreported political contributions in kind, the assistance for Biden and the Democrats was overwhelmingly in the Democrats' favor. A commentary was in the Washington Examiner. It had no name on it. Nobody wants to take the heat, but they want to tell the tale, right? On Friday, it called out Twitter for, quote, unreported, in-kind political contributions to Democrats by helping amplify their messages, and suppress opposing messages. The unsigned editorial pointed out that during the, quote, 2020 election, the Biden presidential campaigns, heavy use of Twitter to get unhelpful tweets removed is undeniable. You're talking about the Washington Examiner kind of stuff, folks. Mainstream press, right? Right. Typically not even our our favorite people. I mean, they're better than some, but, uh, you know. And you look at all this, Dr. Bradley, and you say, I believe that tyranny from government is what they're pushing against now. And they're acting like that's the enemy. And it is. That's true. But the lie is in that we need to be pushed into the arms of pure democracy because that'll save us all. Another Hegelian dialectic manipulated lie, Dr.
2: Absolutely, the uh, the end result is a poison pill for everybody. Now, I'm going to bring up something that uh, most Americans don't have any idea, and and it's time we started becoming historically knowledgeable, so we don't have to step in the same mess that uh, that we do constantly. You know, most people think of uh, you know when you think of fascists, they got these jackbooted guys and the the brown shirts, and <clears throat> you know the Gestapo and all that kind of stuff. You know, the fascists uh ruled in much of Europe in the nineteen twenties, thirties and forties. And um horrifically bad. You know, it was it was tyranny. Evil, it, no question. No question about that. Of course the uh the thugs on the other side were communists and they were evil, bad and nasty too. I mean there's no question. It was evil to the core. But the reason I bring up the uh the idea you think of these jackbooted Brown shirts that are goose stepping across uh, the world, they're, they were called fascists. And a hallmark or a mm, keystone of fascism is a government private collaboration. And uh, government directs, and uh, the private uh, industry carries it out. See, in communism, uh, the government owns the factories and everything else like that. You know, they, they own the media, they own the, the, um, you know, Pravda, the newspaper, whatever the uh, government does. And, uh, uh, but in fascism, you have ownership, private ownership of industry and, and media and everything else like that. But the government tells you what to do with it. And, and so if you have a shoe factory, they tell you to make combat boots or whatever, you know, you, you keep your own private ownership, but you get to make combat boots because they've directed it. Well, in large measure we have a fascist organization or a fascist mm, philosophy going on in the United States today with the government directing the media sources or, or elements of society to do certain things on behalf of the government. And people are really loath to admit that we've become a fascist society. Now, of course, we've got all the elements of communism in there too, and in fact, if you did a real true analysis of it um, f d r Franklin Delano Roosevelt had a really strong blend of fascism and communism and how he was running the
1: United States with his iron fist yeah, and, and then they put uh, a he, different kind of socialism in there to make you feel like certain socialism is okay and they temper it all and we've got really elements of all of the above, right we do democratic socialism or or, you know, the, the Labor
2: Party, or what whatever. I mean, you put a little... A rose by any other name is still a rose, though. It's tyranny. And so uh, here we have in the United States, sadly, it appears that some of these uh, Gestapo elements, and I don't know how to call them anything but that. Now, there probably are still honorable people that in the ranks of some of these uh, leading government agencies, but but it seems like they, they have been co-opted into... A um, an, an arm of the government to cause things to happen in a fascist mode where you have FBI agents or whether it's TSA or FDA or, or the CDC or, I mean, National Institute of Health, I mean, you got Fauci in there telling these people what to do in the private media world. You've got the FBI telling them what to do. And, and actually giving them directives. It's, it really is a very sad replay of the 1930s Germany. And, uh, and this idea that, you know, nowadays the guys at the airport wear blue shirts, well, they wore brown ones in the 1930s. Papers, papers, I mean, you know, come on. This is not how a free society works. We don't build dossiers on people. And and uh, le- leverage them. I mean, communist China does that with all of their social scar- scores and all this kind of stuff. But it is astounding to me. And and we've talked about this a, a week and a half ago when we talked about the uh, uh, you know facial recognition and and how all these things are tied into finances and and uh, social media scores and everything. Utah is right at the very forefront of that. Utah has become. One of the bleeding edges of of tyranny in the the United States, but but it's done on a very large scale uh, right now, and and I'm just it's just appalling to me how the FBI has become this Gestapo, along with the TSA, along with the National Institute of Health and the Center for Disease Control and the uh, FDA. I mean, these guys are directing and dictating. The it's not a narrative, Sam. It is a script. Uh, it's, you know, you say, oh, a narrative or a ph- philosophy or, or maybe a storyline. Okay, all of those things kind of apply. This is a written script that we're being directed to think and act certain ways based upon the way the leadership has decided we've got to go. And this COVID nonsense is an absolute
1: excellent example. Yeah, but there's and your all point about a narrative is a narrative allows for a little bit of interpretation, a little bit of you. You cannot stray from the script. If you do, you're done. If you do, you're blatantly, belligerently attacked uh, and destroyed. And that's kind of what Elon Musk is starting to experience uh, now to the point where he's already considering bailing. He hasn't even had the helm for more than a couple of weeks now. And he's already melting down because he cannot deal with the heat. See, this guy's an inside rich guy and he's had buddies that are liberal forever and now everybody he knows is turning on him and he's melting down over it, right? Well, if you, know, if
2: you live in an echo chamber and all you do is get uh, regenerative feedback that kind of regurgitates to you the narrative, script, whatever you want to call it, that, uh, that you've been fostering, Here, here's the problem though. The guy owns the company. You know, he could tell everybody to pound sand, take a long walk on a short pier. What, and that's do you what want he to ought to do, it? by
1: the way. He ought to just simply say, listen, we're not going to play your games. We're not going to censor. We're not going to deny. This is not a democracy. I own this company. Here's the rules and here's why. And I do think for the most part he ought to let people have their own free speech. I think there are lines that if you cross, you should be banned from Twitter. Okay? You cannot commit illegal activity and use the platform to foment that. Okay? You just can't. The other thing I don't really like is the doxing of people, putting people in harm's way or jeopardy. And the mainstream press flirted with that line when they published data uh, about his real-time whereabouts, if you will. Uh, They claim, well, it's all on public information. Well, that's another problem to discuss. But nevertheless, I don't believe doxing people is the answer either because you create this intimidation and fear and put people in harm's way. Uh, um, Elon Musk called them assassination coordinates. Hey, can you skip the break? I don't know that it would go that far for assassination coordinates, but I will say, um, you know, there should be some guidelines that should be clear about you being removed from Twitter. If you do certain things, you should not be allowed to peddle the message. But it doesn't doesn't cross the free speech discussion. It crosses more of the illegality and the creating of harm's way. For example, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater discussion. Now, I know that's an old adage, but it kind of highlights what we're getting at here. You can't use your speech to flat out create harm if you call to assassinate someone or kill someone or um, whatever. You you know, you shouldn't be allowed to do those things. You shouldn't be able to literally threaten people. You know, your speech precedes the actions kind of a thing. But barring those obvious uh, guidelines, um, I think that we need to leave it to free speech. But see, Elon doesn't have any reference point by which to create stability in, in a standard from. He's all over the map because he doesn't have the education. Now, I know when he when he talks about science, he's supposed to be the most educated guy in the room. But I submit the fact that he's waffling everywhere. He doesn't know what to do, and he lacks the education in these matters, Doctor. You know, if you go back to the
2: original intent of the American Founding Fathers, and, you know, I mean, here goes Bradley again. We're going to do this, you know. But you, you look at uh, the First Amendment, and... Uh, you know, this idea of religion and, and free exercise and uh, bridging the freedom of speech and the press and so on, peaceably assemble. You know, we have completely perverted that First Amendment in the United States. And, and the original intent was not, you know, nude dancing and uh, perverse, uh, profane uh, speeches and everything else. That, that wasn't even on their mind at all. What was central to the whole idea of free speech and the press and the right of the people to peaceably assemble was to maintain liberty. Now, I'm not saying liberty to be licentious. I'm talking about liberty to preserve the blessings of proper government. This general welfare that we talk about in the Constitution, this predictable, stable, proper government that allows people to be free, to create families, start businesses, go about relocating wherever you want to or whatever. That was the concept behind the free speech, the press, and the peaceably assemble, was to make absolutely certain that when things got, well, let's say a government began to usurp power. Let's say there was somebody that was in a high place that was doing illegal activities. Let's say there was people that were saying, it's okay to kill babies or whatever, okay? we would have the freedom to counter those ideas what if someone was saying we needed to throw habeas corpus out the door we needed to lock everybody down we needed to shut the economy down we needed to violate the right of contract between peoples because there was a virus running around the country well this free speech stuff and free press stuff was there so that we could we could vocalize We could warn. I mean, we're talking the, uh, you know, Paul Revere stuff, you know, these committees of correspondence. Back in the old days, these guys ran around and they taught people about liberty. We try to do it on the radio. I try to do it in my presentations, in my books, all those kind of things. We try to keep people aware. And those old days, they had to actually ride a horse out to Lexington and tell them about what was going on. But, see, that was what they were protecting. And if someone has a counterpoint, that was to be brought up. Now, what we have done, in essence, today with our federal election laws and all that, we have shut down free speech and freedom of press. We have controlled, through the FBI, directing Twitter or whomever, Facebook, whomever, YouTube, I'm a, uh, you know, anyway, we can talk about all the things that have been shut down based upon their filtering process and it's very apparent now that that happened from the most official levels where the fascists at the head of this country have had a collaborative effort with private industry to control and contain so that the only official narrative the, the only narrative was the official narrative and churches adopted it i mean it might they might as well have been a basically a commercial safe and effective, you know, for the for the uh, pharma companies. So it, it's so interesting to me, these large institutional bodies are either capitulating or collaborating openly with having these things down. But the First Amendment was to make certain there was a dialogue, there was a warning, so the people could say, over our dead body, the heck you say. We are not going to get allow this to happen. But what happened was, oh, it's, uh, it's misleading information. We can't allow that to happen. You know what? D- do you think the big brother needs to help you think every thought you ever need to think in your life? And if you do, you're no longer an American. Depart from us. <laughs> crouch down and lick the hands that feed you. We need to recognize we have brains in our heads. God gave us intelligence. We need to exercise that. We need to become conversant on what is correct, what is true and wise principles, the basis of every good thing that's happening. We violate it at every turn nowadays. And it's, it's something that's being directed from the highest levels of the government in violation of the First Amendment. And, and some of these big media companies all they are is just being directed by the fascists, and they've made this this pact, I guess, or so it's a death pact almost. They will lose their freedom of speech too if it gets too far down the road, and people may need to say no. This is, this is not the way the founders intended this thing. It's the way Hitler or Mussolini or Stalin or Mao. Any of these great tyrants, they would love to be in the position the big tech is today. They'd love to be in the position of Fauci, the Fauci
1: facade. Holy Hannah. I I just am indeed. And I've got some good news a little bit. There's a documentary film out now. I don't know if you know this, but it's called Theaters of War. And this documentary called Theaters of War Exposes that the Pentagon and the CIA are behind thousands of movies and television shows, Uh, it turns out that the film breaks down. The extraordinary level of control that the military has been put over, every single film you've ever seen that has military equipment. It's scripted control, putting the military in a different light than reality ladies and gentlemen. It is shocking, okay? They want to change reality of the military, war, history, etc. This film breaks it down like nobody's business. Um, We don't even have, it's hard when you have such a vacuum or manipulated uh, echo chambers, you mentioned, Dr. Bradley, where, you know, even guys like us have a hard time thinking outside of it. And we're pretty good at it because we reject most narratives or most scripts that are put together. But even this is so pervasive at some point, if you don't have any reference of reality, how do you stick with it? How do you get true north? How do you? uh, And the only thing I can look to is the founding fathers and to God. And I don't mean in that order either. God, obviously, and then the founding fathers. But I'm saying I look at those two things for my guidance. I look at that we need to avoid parties and foreign wars like the plague. I look at we need religion and morality as the two supports. But this documentary is shocking. Just highlighting what we're now getting evidence of. Before it used to be, oh, Operation Mockingbird, whatever. Or, oh, this is happening. Oh, it can't be. That can't be true. Now we're getting hard evidence to the points we've been making for decades, Doctor. You know, this... Propaganda machine
2: has been operational, and I I, some years ago, and it's been quite a while ago, probably 18 years ago, I did a pretty in-depth study of of the propagandization of uh, official narratives, and uh, the war scenario is is one of the, the most blatantly and easily tracked Uh, the shaping of images and and, uh, perspectives and so on and so forth. You know, we got this popular thing in recent history of movies about Captain America. Captain America was originally a propaganda piece that was started back in World War II. I mean, it's just absolutely astounding that, um, uh, you know, this this has been very well done, very well uh, manipulated. Hollywood's always been involved in that. It's it's so uh, absolutely directive. You know, you look at the big stars that made movies in World War II. You look at what happened when, you know, we had uh, a narrative that uh, you, look, you look at the Iraq war. You look at the Afghanistan war. And you get this, we got to support the troops concept. And we have big uh, National Defense Authorization Acts and everybody... <laughs> The idea of supporting the troops for unconstitutional wars, for things that uh, were engaged in without any, any justification. Weapons of mass destruction, where the heck were they? All of these kinds of things. But we get this narrative that the military rides on this. Who so is is it really the military? No, it's the military-industrial complex. These large industrial behemoths that, that have trillions of dollars literally spent over years uh, from taxpayer dollars to to export death and destruction. The real support of the troops is to use them appropriately. Don't put them in harm's way unless there's a just war that has been constitutionally entered into. We haven't had one of those in my lifetime, ever. And you say, well, you're a 16-year-old. No, I'm not. Not once in my lifetime have we had a constitutional war we have not had a single solitary instance where we've not only gone about it constitutionally or even justly and and uh, we get spun into these things you look at how the current uh, ukraine war is going to keep the uh, the goons that are uh, pillaging and plundering american taxpayers and have been doing diabolical things there for so long i mean it's a playground for uh, organized crime, and we have people in the highest places of this nation that are participating in that, and and we get these propagandized things going, and and yeah, I I haven't seen this movie that you're talking about. In fact, it's the first time I've even heard of it when you brought it up. But but uh, uh, am I doubting it? No. If they do a good job of presenting it, I I need to go see this. But but it has been going on forever and in the lifetime of all your listeners i can guarantee and um and and we just need to say we've been had i mean uh you know if their lips are moving they're lying to us that's kind of how it's being propagated right now the whole covid thing was a lie i mean was there a problem sure did we create it mm, sure was it created at the highest levels of the government? Yes, it was. And the highest levels of the, those that are seeking to overthrow our freedom are still involved in it, and we're going to replay it. I can see it coming down the pike again. They'll try and get our attention again. Again, I need, we need <laughs> Nuremberg-type trials to be held, and individuals like Fauci need to be held up for the diabolical minion that he is. And so Amen. The and I, I haven't seen the this movie
1: either, Dr. Bradley, but I just discovered it in in my research for this show. Uh, you know, when we talk about Twitter and this Hegelian dialectic of either tyranny and or democracy being the two bookends here. And this documentary, Theaters of War, exposes that the Pentagon and the CIA are behind thousands of TV shows, movies, etc. When you consider that you say, wow, you know, what's the real deal? Where do we really sit on some of these things? And and it's so hard, uh, even people like us who are pretty astute, uh, when there's no reference point, you know, it reminds me of a pilot when you're in the air. If you have no instruments and you're in a storm, you can't know if you're going down, up, left, right. You just cannot know. And that's what they've done to us is they've taken away any reference point that can hold us to true north, that can give us a gauge. They've taken away all the typical instruments that we would use to know where we are and where we're going and where we want to go. And that's the problem here, ladies and gentlemen. When we get back, though, I've got some good news. and we will break this up second hour if you can stay with me, Dr. Bradley. Second hour, I'm going to go right into what students are doing about it across the country. Our own Brigham Young University is at the center of it. And it's pretty interesting about what's being done. There are good people who have a moral compass. Okay? Um, Look, they've tried to take away every instrumentation. Are you kidding me? There's some good (laughs) students. I'll tell you about them. Hang tight. Holy hell! I'd I'd like to hear about them. They've taken away all our instruments of true north, ladies and gentlemen. All our instruments to know where we are. And the only thing we have left now is to turn to God Almighty and pray like the Dickens. And, and, and celebrate Christmas and turn to Christ and say, hey, help me know what's right and wrong. And then over time, Liberty Roundtable Live, these students that I speak of, good people everywhere can bring back a semblance, a modicum of reference point for understanding. To me, it starts with God, family, and country to point you in the right direction for starters. We have got to work on this as a people together. Okay. Hour one in the can. Dr. Bradley with me. Second hour. We'll talk about it all. Hard-hitting talk at your fingertips always at LibertyRoundTable.com. LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word. Share the love. Merry Christmas. We the people along with the grace of the Almighty can and will restore America. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.
0: Live From atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show.
1: All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans, Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, continues now, ladies and gentlemen. Last hour with Dr. Scott Bradley, incredible hour Dr. Scott Bradley's website, freedomsrisingsun.com, is collegiate series and lifelong goal to match to preserve the nation. Check it out at freedomsrisingsun.com. And he has weekly webinars, Q&As on the Constitution, and a whole lot more. A education-rich site, to say the least. freedomsrisingsun.com, ladies and gentlemen. There you have that. We talked about the clear and present danger. Of democracy last hour, ladies and gentlemen, this idea from Elon Musk, hey, the people have spoken, let the people decide whatever they want to. He's off his rocker, folks. That's extreme, to say the least. But it's in, in my opinion, companionship with the other extreme, which is tyranny. FBI was in constant and pervasive contact with all these social media companies to block content from conservatives, promote the liberal agenda, the DNC, along with the FBI and Homeland Security literally controlling these social media companies as their manipulative arm to to manipulate elections and more. But the Hegelian dialectic positions are so extreme. You can have tyranny or you can have democracy. Both, ladies and gentlemen, lead to the same road. Anarchy, tyranny. In my opinion, the cycle of societal death is what you really call it, folks. How much did, you know, Twitter do to help Joe get elected? A ton, even an editorial. A commentary in the Washington Examiner calls it what it is, out of control. I call it criminal activity. We talked about the film, documentary, theaters of war. Exposes the Pentagon and the CIA are behind thousands of movies and TV shows, not just the social media sites. This operation, I don't know what you want to call it, Mockingbird of yesteryear, Mockingbird, sorry, of yesteryear, is live and well. The film breaks down. The extraordinary level of control the military has had. They get first stabbed to manipulate any script that comes before them. It is insane. But folks are fighting back, ladies and gentlemen. Liberty Roundtable Live has been at the forefront of this for over 25 years. I know we need greater reach. I get it. The only way we can do that is if you help fund Liberty Roundtable Live. I put all my money and all my time and all my talents, which I know I have very few, into the mix for this goal to preserve the nation, to promote the sacred cause of God, family, and country. Okay, that's what we do. That's who we are. But I I, I only have so many resources at my own Within my own sphere, if you will. We need your help. LibertyRoundtable.com. Donate as much as you please, as much as you can. Okay? But anyway, I digress. Others are helping too. Uh, WorldNetDaily or WND.com has been at it for a long time. Breitbart's been at it for a long time. Now the Epic Times has been at it for a long time. You know, there's a lot of good people doing a lot of good things. And I don't mean to miss uh, anybody who's doing a great job. There's a lot of talk shows that have made a difference. I've seen more people come to the knowledge of the truth in the last five years than I have in the first 20 plus I've been at this. So we're making progress, folks. The mainstream press does not control the whole narrative anymore. Their gatekeeping days are over. But they still have so much control. It isn't even funny, ladies and gentlemen. But now the pushback has begun. As you know, Ron Paul... When he ran in 2008, he didn't do very well because he didn't even have a group on the ground. Um, foot soldiers, whatever you want to call them, he just didn't have an organization. In 2012, he did a lot better. Of course, you can't win when the FBI and the Homeland Security is in charge of the elections, right? Uh, nevertheless, he had a lot more people on the ground. And one of the things that Ron Paul did, or I'm sorry, Ron Paul, Ron, back in the day, did, was he created Campaign for Liberty, which is a tremendous organization. The leader of that organization in the great state of Utah is Lowell Nelson, who is with us often. He normally would be with us this hour, but he's on a service uh, effort, as he does every Christmas in Mexico, to bring relief and kindness to, uh, to the uh, impoverished people there. So good for, for Lowell. He'll report on that when he gets back in January. But nevertheless, I digress, except to say Campaign for Liberty has been doing a phenomenal job. And in Campaign for Liberty, they have different focuses. One of them is Young Americans for Liberty, (YAL), And they have been on college campuses making a big difference, student clubs all over the country that are conservative. Well, their efforts are paying off in more ways than one because now the headline says this, quote, conservative college students across the country are now starting conservative newspapers. Their goal, to challenge the dominant liberal narrative peddled on their campuses, students now tell the Daily Caller. Well, again, the Daily Caller, Tucker Carlson, not a perfect organization, but has a lot better news than 99% of the rags and the um, liberal-leaning leftists that are out there. But anyway, so these conservative college students say they've had enough. They're going to start their own newspapers. There's a guy by the name of Thomas Stevenson. He's editor-in-chief of the student-run newspaper called the Cougar Chronicle. It's at Brigham Young University, and he told the DCNF, that's the Daily Caller News Foundation, that the publication was founded to give conservative students a larger voice on campus. Now listen, even though Brigham Young University is considered one of the most conservative schools, according to media bias sites, He says this, our official school newspaper, the Daily Universe, still leans liberal, he explains. These student-run newspapers are often dedicated to providing a space for free speech and different perspectives to stand against the overt leftist-leaning policies. Legacy newspapers uh, have been telling the tale of the leftist agenda for way too long, these students say. All right? Now, here's what interesting, what he even said. He said, look, the Daily Universe is already liberal, but a further independent, even leaning further left newspaper was in existence at the time of our founding. But he says, look, we have got to stand up. We have got to make a difference. We don't want to lose our funding just because we tell um, a side of a story that somebody doesn't like. I commend these students for this. How far and how conservative they'll really be, time will tell. How educated they really are on the Constitution, on God, family, and country, we'll find out. But I commend these people who are saying, look, even though BYU is supposedly one of the most conservative campuses, according to these mainstream news sites that say that, remember, ladies and gentlemen, this, uh, whatever you want to call it, um, conservative schools They've got a liberal newspaper at the heart of their school. So, yes, they're conservative compared to the other party schools, the other perverted sex schools out there. There's a lot of conservatism, a moral compass. But from a narrative point of view, from a script point of view, from a documentation or commentary point of view, they're so left-leaning that students just can't take it anymore. Thus, Thomas, um, this gentleman, Thomas Stevenson, uh, says, look. We started this whole paper to deal with this very critical issue. Thomas Stevenson, he's editor and chief of the new student paper called The Cougar Chronicle. Uh, what do you say to this? I kind of like the pushback. It's a start, doctor.
2: I Wish them well in this effort as if it pans out as they've said. It's interesting to me that you look at the religious origins of uh, let's take let's just take the Ivy League schools for example. Uh, where did they start? I mean, uh, they were well, they, they were started basically as racist institutions
1: to, is where they started.
2: No, they didn't. That's what they would have you believe today. They really started with this idea of of a religious foundation. Oh, and, really? Uh, look where they are today. Religious yeah, really foundation? Did. Are well, you look, kidding you me? Look at Brigh- Brigham Young University has strayed far in a much shorter period of time. Look, I, I got my master's degree at BYU. Um, it's, it's in public administration. It truly, truly, truly is a degree in the administration of socialism. It, that's what it really is. And most people come out of the program and they go into some socialist uh, program like a city manager or, or something such as that. it's, it's a really a, a tragic situation. You know, I look at what has happened with the uh, the BYU drag queen kind of things that are happening. You go into some of the departments. I looked at a video the other day that was going through their sociology department, and the uh, they filmed what was uh, basically trumpeted on each of the doorways of their professors that were there. I mean, we had uh, oh man, it says the LGBTQ narrative virtually every single door and and it is it is not just a newspaper that's liberal it is basically the whole drift of and and there are probably are individuals i'll bet they're rare that have uh, tried to say let's keep a, a standard and and it's a tragic thing that uh religious orig- origins whether it's a harvard or a yale or or a princeton or wherever uh or a byu that they have uh, been co-opted into trumpets for the uh, the new left if you will and and i i hope that this new school newspaper can make a difference i suspect that they'll try and strangle it out based upon uh, you know making it look like it's the radical and the the extreme and all and, oh, the conspiracy guys or whatever i it'll be interesting to see how it develops out
1: amen but i think you know, they claim that a lot of professors are embracing it and giving it credence now and giving it some support i sure hope so you know but I, 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 well, I maybe we got
2: to move on here quickly but let me now, just hold say on before something. we do I though I, I, hold on can.
1: before you say that i just want to clearly say this though i was joking about these liberal universities starting out as extreme look here's what they've done They have taken an era in history when these campuses jettisoned their religious – hey, can you skip the break for me? Excellent. They jettisoned their religious views, and then they became racist and abusive and all this stuff in the vacuum of communism and socialism. And then what now they do is they start the narrative there, ignoring their true origins, Dr. Well, you know,
2: uh, it wasn't that long ago when the president of the university at BYU said they wanted to be the Harvard of the West. And when I first had that, I just got sick to my stomach, literally. I mean, this, this concept, no, we've already got enough of a Harvard on the East Coast. And these people have polluted noble and good principles so badly. In fact, I think, and and this is something I don't know if it'll happen before the Savior comes or not, but certainly after He comes, that people say, "Oh, you you got your degree at Harvard? Oh, I'm sorry," or at Yale or or Princeton or you know these all of these big Ivy League schools. BYU, I think, is on the same track right now. I think it'll be, "Oh, I'm sorry," you know. The problem is that they have strayed from their moorings, and it we have to go back to understand our historical perspective, if we are going to survive. We've got to look at our back trail. And, and what I st- started to bring up, and, and maybe it's inappropriate at this particular time, but today are two anniversaries I wanted to mention that are absolutely diametrically opposed to each other. And unless and until we understand the foundations of these things, we will still be off adrift somewhere in an ocean without a rudder or a sail. And the two anniversaries I was going to mention that happened today: 245th anniversary of Washington going into his his uh, Valley Forge encampment. And if there were time, we could talk about the arduous task that was at hand for those that were winter camping there, and and what came out of that. Three thousand men died, put in unmarked graves. Not a. Bullets fired at them. This was starvation, exposure, and, and just all sorts of terrible, terrible things. No shoes, no blankets. I mean, amazing. But they were for the cause of liberty. That's what we paid. Not we. They paid for us today. And that's, that's the 245th anniversary today. The other anniversary is Ho Chi Minh launching his communist revolution in uh, Indochina at the time. Um, it became South and North Vietnam, and now they're reunified and everything, now that the communists have uh, have pulled it off. And, of course, Cambodia and Laos. And, I mean, there it's, it's a, a festering, uh, a diabolical program that's there. But most people don't even know who Ho Chi Minh was. They don't remember what Indochina was or anything like that. I admit, and I would be the, one of the first to say, the French colonization should never have happened. But be that as it may, it was a communist revolution that brought about untold suffering. Now, you compare and contrast the movement that was underway 245 years ago in the United States, which we don't even talk about anymore as a general people. In fact, there's a strong movement in history, in uh, historical movement right now in America, to not teach anything before 1900. And, and you know that the, uh, the the great progressives were raising their ugly heads at that time, and they continue to do so. But people won't even understand what price was paid and and what was necessary in order to establish this nation and and the foundational concepts of liberty that were God-ordained, that came from God. And you compare that and contrast that to the godless things on this other 76th anniversary in in 1946 when Ho Chi Minh uh, started his... Bloody March, and we we lost a lot of people for a, a war that we we never even touched with a, a semblance of of proper principle. But but at any rate, here here we have compare and contrast, and and we've strayed far from universities and from nations and the principles of godliness, and and we've just got to go back and understand our heritage from the original perspective. You know, go back from the you know, the Holy Scriptures, and see where we got our, our idea of God-given rights and this idea of how relationships ought to be. You know, a man and a woman, no adultery, no, uh, I mean, well, we could get far afield. No theft. Holy cow, you think of the theft. Isaiah talks about this, by the way. Every one of us oppress our, our neighbor. Well, how do we do that? Well, we vote for programs that say, I want my special program to take money from everybody so that my special program can be carried out. And everybody has a special program, and everybody's stealing from everybody. What Isaiah talked about is being fulfilled right before our very eyes. And unless we understand these things, it's it's really hard to convince people that we're off track, you know. it It's just a, a strange thing that we're in. Today, this world that we're in today—you know—good is evil, evil's good. Bitter
1: for yeah, sweet, and everything sweet is for nuanced. Uh, these universities that you mentioned—they started out uh, as great organizations. Then they went off the rails, and now what we do is we point to how they were off the rails, and we all agree they were off the rails to take them off the rails even further.
5: Yeah,
2: there's no question. I hope that these schools that, uh, and and this one at BYU, this newspaper I, I hope it is soundly founded. I hope it carries forth a a good quality, you know, program that it's looking to do. I hope it brings another voice to a school that seems to have lost its way. You know, one of the leading premier schools in the world that does a mock uh, United Nations is BYU. They are, you know, people don't understand United Nations is the foundation of a global government. And if you read the charter of the United Nations, nothing, the United Nations has a charter that's going to bring about global governance. And every step of the way, whether you're reading their Declaration of Human Rights or whatever, nothing can be done within the United Nations or those that affiliate with it that are contrary to the intentions
1: and purposes of the United Nations. Yeah, I You've mean, got it to amounts to the, to the destruction going. of American sovereignty under the supreme law of our land, the Constitution. The two cannot coexist. Uh, the United Nations' no. goal is to supplant and to destroy and replace uh, what we know as the Constitution, the supreme law of our land. BYU is probably the premier mock United
2: Nations Senate. So, uh, I mean, they 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 do the whole thing there, fostering the images ingraining in the minds of these students that are polluted by this thing the idea that, oh, they've got a better way. They're going to do something better than the United States Constitution. And and it's just appalling to me. And, of course, uh, UVU, the uh, university that's down there in Provo Area 2 by BYU, uh, is right on their tails in, in their globalist perspective on the things. So it's, it's really absolutely appalling to me that these, number, number one, the universities maybe started out with the concept of they were going to give a, you know, a principles-based kind of thing with morality and all that kind of stuff. And now we're doing drag queen things and and United Nations things and master's degrees in how to administer socialism and and blah, 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 blah. And, and it's like, it, to me, it's tragic. It's a bait-and-switch kind of thing. Parents think they're sending their kids, whether you're going to Harvard or Yale or wherever, or BYU, oh, yeah, we're going to get a real sound education here. And what they do is get drilled into their heads false philosophies that will ultimately destroy the foundation that created the environment where kids could be sent to a school of their own choice. And um, it's it's to me, it's rather disheartening all the way around. I feel sad. Anyway, two anniversaries. Think about how different they they are and what they led to. You know, All right. The let's let's commemorate the two
1: hundred and forty fifth anniversary of anniversary what is it now?
2: In the encampment at Valley Forge. The encampment
1: yep. of Valley Forge. Think about that, yep. folks. They for went a into their winter camp, you know. Holy cow. Right? And uh yep. let's reject the 76th anniversary of the Ho Chi Minh uh,
2: March to Communism in Southeast Asia. It was called Indochina at the time. And, uh, and yeah, it's, uh, you know, 1975, where they took Saigon. Well, we don't need to get distracted too much on that. It's kind of a, what we replayed in Afghanistan <laughs> when Biden did his... Bravo Sierra there. I, I just, I find it astonishing because we don't learn the lessons of the past. We we continue to make the same mistakes and we lose every time. It, it's absolutely astonishing to me how far down we have fallen. But uh, I don't know. Uh, we... I, I, I'm kind of a broken record on this, I guess. I keep saying, go back to your back trail, look over your shoulder, see where we've been. You got to learn your history, or you're never going to be able to, you know, hold fast to the things that were won at such great cost. You know that you, we we just toss them there. Everything's kind of a frangible thing; it breaks very easily, and we throw it overboard, and uh, and and we're losing, we're losing the battle if we don't start returning. To these magnificent original intent of the of the of the uh, of the original principles, you know, um, I, you know I don't know I don't know if I... look at Valley Forge they had shortages of everything clothes shoes blankets shelter food, I mean and and you look at where we are now you go into Walmart and they got empty shelves you're saying oh we're going to do this again are we, I mean people starved I mean th- people desert People die of cold, starvation, disease. I don't know how far away that is, but 3,000 died at Valley Forge without a shot being fired. They buried them in mass graves. I've stood at the side of those mass graves. They're hallowed hallowed ground. They gave their last full measure there. I mean, Washington, he couldn't get help from the local people, and he couldn't get it from Congress. It was just a real kind of a a mess. He had to pray to God. I mean, it's just amazing to me. And and it's, it's just a let me just read you a little quick thing. It just I, I just got to share just a minute uh, with uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Sam, I derail your program all too often. Here, Here's what Washington wrote about this Valley Forge experience. No history now extant can furnish an instance of an army suffering such uncommon hardships as ours has done to see men without sufficient clothes to cover their nakedness, without blankets to lie on, without shoes, for the want of their marches might be traced by the blood from their feet, and almost as often without provisions as with them, marching through the frost and snow, and at Christmas taking up their winter quarters within a day's march of the enemy, without a house or hut to cover them, without a with hard duty to perform, and little or no strength to perform it with, and submitting to it without a murmur. Is a proof of patience and obedience, which, in my opinion, can scarce be paralleled. That's the guy that was the commanding officer, and it wasn't just—it wasn't just Valley Forge. I mean, they had done the—the the year before, they did the uh, crossing of the Delaware. The year after, they were in Morristown. It was tough. It was tough.
1: It was tough, ladies and gentlemen, all the way through. The point is, freedom isn't free. It takes dedicated, committed sacrifice. Liberty Roundtable Live.
0: Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
4: USA News. I'm Lance Pry. FTX co-founder Sam Bankman-Fried is planning to greenlight extradition to the USA and face criminal charges related to the cryptocurrency exchange's collapse. Mr. Bankman-Fried has been in custody in an undesirable jail in the Bahamas since he was arrested last Monday. The January 6th committee is touting they have a lot of undisclosed information to release before being disbanded. The panel chairman has said it will vote on criminal referrals to the Justice Department and possibly share information with state bar associations about lawyers linked to former President Trump. But there's more. California Democrat Zoe Lofgren tells CNN the committee discovered a lot more information than it shared in its hearings over the past few months. We will be releasing additional evidence through our footnotes to what we are talking about in the report lofgren did not name names when it comes to referrals but as for that still unseen evidence there's some pretty bad things we discovered i'm richard johnson epic games the creator of fortnite has agreed to pay just over a half a billion dollars to resolve a federal trade commission allegation that the video game developer epic violated online privacy protections for children and tricked players into making unintended purchases The settlement provides for up to $26.5 million in cash and other benefits to U.S.-based Fortnite players with Epic Games, and automatically adding 1,000 V-Bucks to each account that was used to acquire a random item, Loot Llama Loot Box. Thai Navy ships and helicopters were searching on Monday for more than two dozen sailors, still missing more than 12 hours after a warship sank in rough seas overnight in the Gulf of Thailand. Weather forecasters are warning of holiday travel disruptions in the lower 48 states as temperatures will drop during the next seven days. This is USA News.
3: Today, those interested in maintaining healthy blood sugar glucose levels still have limited choices when it comes to good-tasting, thirst-quenching beverages. One brand expanding consumer choice for blood sugar-friendly beverages is Glucodown, manufactured by publicly traded Glucose Health Incorporated, trading under the symbol GLUC a leader in America's true growth industry, diabetes-friendly functional beverages. Glucodown's prebiotic fiber blocks the body's absorption of dietary sugars, moderates after-meal increases in glucose levels, and helps maintain regular digestive health. Every nutritious and delicious serving has no sugar, no caffeine, and is a great source of prebiotic-soluble fiber. All eight flavors are dietitian recommended to maintain blood sugar in a healthy range. Available at CVS, Publix, online at walmart.com, and a top category choice on Amazon. For more information on the company, visit glucreport.com. To begin maintaining your blood sugar in a healthy range, visit Amazon and search Glucodown, G-L-U-C-O, down. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they're also trying to celebrate the United Nations anniversary. What was it, 1945? So it's, what, 77th this year? Uh Uh, Wow, folks. Have we got some serious problems in America? You know, we can talk about Paul Potts. We can talk about Hola DeMore. We can talk about a lot of the abuse that has taken place. Freedom requires sacrifice, ladies and gentlemen. But even though it requires sacrifice, it's less sacrifice and loss of life than tyranny, or anarchy, or etc. So let's reject the or let's reject the 76th year anniversary of the Ho Chi Minh's revolution for communism uh, in Indochina. It's important to kind of understand. Let's also commemorate the 245th anniversary of the George Washington encampment at Valley Forge. See, these are polar opposites, as you wisely point out. While we're talking about that, while we're talking about these new newspapers being started by people who don't like the liberal agenda being the only agenda, Donald Trump now endorses Representative um, Kevin McCarthy for Speakers of the House. He did so in an interview at Breitbart. And I think, you know what? The Republican Party is not going to do anything different than they've always done. Talk big till they get elected, then sell us down the river, Doctor. Well,
2: I mean, you know, do we have any historical context on this? Yes, we should. If we don't look and see what history has brought us, I mean, you look at the John Boehner's of the world and the the Paul Ryans of the world. I mean, this is when the Republicans controlled it. You look at the Newt Gingrich's of the world, and I know they're going to say, oh, no, Newt gave us the, the new contract with America. Holy cow. That's when we brought NATO, the, the NAFTA into the into the fold. You know this this international agreement that that violates the Constitution completely, where the Constitution, Article One, Section Eight says Congress shall have power to regulate commerce with foreign nations, and so NAFTA comes on board, and no, they don't do it with Congress anymore. They have a bureaucracy that's established by treaty that uh, regulates our commerce between Canada, Mexico, and the United States. Now we got the USMCA, which, which Trump's people finalized with the complicit activities of, of, uh, of Congress, where where now another bureaucracy regulates our commerce with foreign nations. I mean, you look at what was done under that contract with America. You know what the contract with America really is? It's the one that they take an oath to when they go into office. They raise their arm to the square and take a solemn oath before God that they're going to uphold the Constitution. So where are all these um, things that we're doing right now, like uh, building back better and the idea of not protecting our borders? And Congress has the responsibility to regulate those kinds of things too. and, and, And Joe Biden has no authority other than to fulfill the law that has been passed. And and he's get this I'm telling you, this Title forty two, when it expires, what is it, Wednesday or something like that of this week, you're going to see a flood like you have never seen across that border. But it started under a Republican president. Yeah, Ronald Reagan. Back in nineteen eighty six he signed the amnesty that everybody's running across now saying they're gonna do this again, baby. If we're there, we'll get our citizenship. Yeah, well, Sam, I'm sorry. Uh I, I just I look at what the Republicans do when they get in office. They they're afraid of governing. And and I'm not saying they should be tyrants. I'm saying they should take the responsibility to live their oath of office. Article 6 of the Constitution requires that, and they completely they throw it overboard as soon as they get in office. It it's so disheartening to me. People, it you know Bill Clinton's mentor wrote um, Tragedy and Hope, and um, it was written back in the 1960s. It's a huge book. Yeah, I mean, holy cow. It's like 1,500 pages. Yeah, it's almost like and Atlas Shrugged, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, Atlas Shrugged that at least size. has
2: a little more interest.
1: But at yeah, any, any I'm rate. I'm just saying uh, it's oh, about that size. Uh, it's a massive book. It's, it is equivalent to like a five-book series, really, in terms of the number of pages. Absolutely. You know,
2: my book's only 526 pages long. It's a third the size, but but no, oh. nevertheless, uh, what was said was you know, that this these guys that are trying to overthrow the freedom of our land got this, uh, this harebrained idea, which they fulfilled. They capture control of both parties so we can throw the bums out and keep the bums in. And the same agenda is carried forth regardless of which party's in power. And so It it varies so little. There are slight nuances. We might be a little more warlike with this party and a little more socialism in terms of our social contracts in this country with this party, but the fact of the matter is it's still unconstitutional, and and we allow them to go on, and we think, oh, we can relax. The Republicans control the House now. Well, let's all go back and watch the Super Bowl game or whatever's coming up. I don't have any idea. But the fact of the matter is they, it's the price of liberty is eternal vigilance. We cannot set aside our diligence in pursuing these things. We've got to let our voices be heard in favor of the correct principles the nation was founded on. And if we don't, it's going to continue to slip
1: through our fingers, regardless of which party's in charge. So... There's no question about it, ladies and gentlemen. So not only did Donald Trump endorse Kevin McCarthy, which just means the same, same for the Republican Party, no difference. Now the consummate supposed outsider who you believed was an outsider literally is doubling down for the mainstream as he hopes to get elected in 2024. He has no moral compass. He has no basis for uh, his views. In fact, Elon Musk and Jared Kushner. We're caught hanging out over the weekend. So there you have it for buddies and friends. And these people are all socialists, you know, pretending they're for free, free speech. They're for your rights. They're for God, family, country. And boy, do I wish it were so. The U.S. Senate just passed a record $850 billion defense act. Passes, quote, stop gap funding bill to avert government shutdown sending Bill to Biden. See, this is just disaster. I think we need to shut down the government entirely. And then the only thing we need to bring back is whatever we can justify constitutionally. The rest ought to stay shut down forever. But see, nobody has the guts to talk clearly, directly, and push for the real answers like I will, Dr. Bradley, and and you and a few others. But for the most part, they don't have the guts. You say they don't have the guts to govern. You're right. They don't even have the guts to articulate what needs to happen. Uh, But I'm not happy about this stopgap funding measure that this and that. And Look, shut down government entirely. Bring back only constitutionally justified uh, responsibilities and fund those legitimate proper roles of government and nothing more. It would be very easy if we had the guts to govern, Doctor.
2: Well, it certainly would be. And and you talk about this $850 billion uh, deal. Well, 1,000th. Doesn't sound like a lot, maybe, but in when you talk about those big numbers, a thousandth is eight hundred million. Is of that eight hundred fifty billion dollar bill is going to Ukraine? Not a shred of constitutionality uh, for what they're doing there, and and we're talking about sending our Patriot missile systems there. Uh, We could talk about that at great length about the fact that for. Each one of those Patriot missile systems that we, we send takes a crew of 90 to service it. And, and it's pretty complex. And, and the only thing I think that's kept us from doing it so far is either the training of the Ukrainians or sending NATO troops along. What this is is a, a surrogate war of NATO against Russia. And, and we are we're pulling triggers along this thing. If we have 90 people along with every Patriot missile system that we send, which is very strongly likely to happen, we're going to end up, they're going to be targeted. Well, what's going to happen, too, is the the
1: technology will end up falling into the wrong hands. They'll reverse engineer it and everything else, right? Yeah, absolutely.
2: Well, we're giving away everything. Every time we do one of these things, every time we launch some kind of a, a cruise missile or some kind of stealth bomber or some kind of a computer Generated code. Anything we do, you don't think they're not listening? We are. We are having our pockets picked. Billions of dollars, not just in hardware, is being sacrificed, and and we lose lives. Uh, people that are willing to defend this country are being put in harm's way. And then what we do is we give away our military intelligence through our uh, our coded messages and our frequencies. Or any time you turn a radar set on. All of those things. I, I you know, we did this stuff when I was in the military fifty something years ago. Why aren't they doing it today? They are, and and we are giving away our our sovereignty and our protection. And some somebody may say, you know what? These guys, we we got all their codes. They've expended their energy. They've they've worn out their equipment. Their people are decimated. We can take them. We can take them. And.
1: I mean, the whole thing is a travesty, and, and we can take into that. It, I'm gonna and, and I'm gonna switch distracted. gears, but it's the same topic as we've been talking about for two hours, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, can you skip the break, guys? We just gotta do this, folks. All right, look, um, I'm switching gears, but it's the same topic. But just follow me. Last Saturday, Chris Carlson and I talked in detail about the fact that it can happen here. Okay. The Mormon Trail of Tears, folks. Few people know or understand the extraordinary persecutions that the early members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints experienced. They had to endure, if you will, okay, when they lived in the city of Nauvoo, Illinois, okay? It was back in 1844 to 1846 primarily, but it went on for a lot longer than that, okay? but they had to endure such abuses. And the reason that I bring this up now, even though it sounds like I'm completely switching topics, I'm not, but if we allow the tyranny of government control of the media and or the psychosis of democracy controlling the media, Elon Musk way, or I don't know who you call it, Donald Trump, Joe Biden way, government way, whatever you want to call it, we are in serious trouble. We have no instruments to determine where we are and where we want to head. And we will eventually, as Christians, history will repeat itself. And we, as Christians, it won't just be the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints coming up. The future will be all Christians. It can happen here. The Trail of Tears the Mormons experienced is they were literally given an extermination order against all men, women, and children by Governor Boggs. They literally went to the President Van Buren who said, your cause is just but I can do nothing for you. And uh, this is going to be the future persecution and prosecution of Christians everywhere worldwide. But it's coming to a theater near us because they cannot destroy America without destroying the Christian religion. Okay, that's the founding of America. And they understand this. And therefore, we highlighted this on Saturday about the abuses that the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints endured. But I've got news for you. That will be the fate of all Christians in the future if we allow these abuses to continue. Dr. Bradley. You know, that we've only got a few
2: minutes left, and this is several hours of discussion we could have. But, but this is a repetitive theory or theme, I guess I should say. I mean, you t- you talk about the Trail of Tears. First thing that came to my mind was was this stuff that happened to the Indian territories. You know, the what happened, and and I could give you example after example after example. The Native Americans seem to or tend to be one of my soft spots in my heart for what happened. And yes, all through history, uh, tro- uh, atrocities happened on both sides. But the intent of the American Founding Fathers was to treat the Native Americans with dignity, to treat them as sovereign nations, to do things by treaty, not by warfare, not by theft. And all of that went out the door after the Founding Fathers basically uh, died off. And the only good Indian became a dead Indian, according to the uh, official policy of the U.S. government. The efforts to completely eradicate, completely eradicate, that's called genocide. They killed the food source so that all men, women, and children would starve. I mean, these kinds of depredations occurred under the U.S. government. You talk about other situations. The religious liberty thing in America kind of got set aside. This idea of the First Amendment and being able to worship according to the dictates of our conscience, forget it. Uh, And so what we're doing is we're seeing a setup that um, has been coming for a long time. I mean, the excommunication, if you will, of, of God from the public education system in the 1960s. The idea that, uh, you know, government has to have an adversarial relationship to religion. The idea that was promoted in September of 1996 when um, uh, the Obama administration brought together the U.S. Civil Rights Commission. And they put out a 296-page document that said, basically, we're going to as define as narrowly as possible religious liberties so that religious liberties can't in any way shape or form uh, interfere with these government created liberties like same-sex marriage and everything well we see this this uh, respect for marriage act that just passed the house and the Senate and ended up on Biden's desk that is basically a government stepping in unconstitutionally to take control of marriage and and what they're doing is they've they've Quote unquote protected institutional religions by saying, oh no, these religions don't have to abide by this. Another uh, legislature, this year, next year, whenever it is, they get out of this lame duck when they can do it next time around, could say, no, institutions have to abide by this too. And what the, this religious respect for relig- religious liberties thing does, if you do not abide by the newest rights that have been come forth by the general government, you can have the full force of the federal government put on your back um so that you know you can uh, it'll be held in federal court it'll be assisted in by the u s attorney general and and that's the problem is is people that have their own belief system are being put upon by this that that's been thrown under the bus. The institutions that were in favor of it through those of us that are individuals under the bus institutions don't realize that they exist because individuals have rights. See, individuals can, that have a religious belief system can band together and create a church. Churches are there because individuals have those rights. And if individuals lose those rights, ultimately the institution will be undermined. It's a it's a slippery slope, and, and you're right, Sam. This is, as you say, coming to a theater near you. This problem is is kind of mushrooming And most Americans don't even understand it. And and let's go back to the Republicans for a minute. The Democrats were all in favor of this uh, so-called Respect for Marriage Act. And then we had a whole bunch of Republicans in both the House and the Senate that said, yeah, this is a good idea. Read your Constitution, people. Where does it give the United States government the authority, the delegation of authority, to become the adjudicator of religion? Excuse me. That's coming. Of marriage, of marriage. Where does that go, go? read it. Look at it carefully, word for word, and find out, do, is marriage even mentioned? Is there so... No. But Congress said, no, we're in charge of that now.
1: And they're doing it over. And it's uh, ironic. The second property. they say we don't have authority to murder babies at the general level, we have authority to control marriage at the general level. Where do they get the notion? if they're going to say 50 plus years later after 60 million babies are murdered hey we don't have authority over that but yet they take authority over marriage where does that equate the irony is beyond me doctor well that that's the problem is they created this respect for
2: marriage act because Clarence uh, Carson no Clarence Thomas Carson, Clarence Thomas Clarence ta- Carson is a wonderful author about US history he wrote some magnificent documents. He's dead now. He's a great economist. He's a great historian, well-documented. I don't know why he came to mind, but uh, maybe I just needed to endorse him. But Clarence Thomas <laughs> did this this big. Uh, he said, you know what? When they threw out in, in last June, they threw out the Roe v. Wade. He says, maybe we, we ought to go back and look at what we did in, in 2015 about marriage. Oh, panic, panic, panic. We've got to create a canonization of same-sex marriage. Uh, and Congress acted in July. The Senate sat on it until some turncoat senators uh, gave them cloture there, and they, they said, oh, we've protected institutions. All right. It's the Chamberlain Act from Munich in the 1930s when Hitler and Cham- Chamberlain met and gave away Czechoslovakia. They're giving away that which is not theirs to give, and these people are are." patting themselves on the back about how they've, oh, we have protected churches. (gasps) What a wonderful thing. Churches are going to lose it too. I got news for you. And as you point out, Sam, it's coming to a a theater near you. It's just a step at a time. It gets a little step closer every time. And this trail of tears, I don't know what form it'll take. I mean, uh, mean, they were Jews that uh, got targeted back in, in Europe in the 1940s. But there was a lot of Christians and and uh, gypsies and Jehovah's Witnesses and everything else that got caught in the crush. And uh, every time we throw something under the bus, we lose something. And, and most of us aren't even willing to recognize it. So...
1: Yeah, it was the well, Native Americans in the 1800s. I think it's the Native <laughs> the Americans that are abused. The blacks were abused to a great degree, African-Americans, and the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the Mormons, uh, were abused. And the truth is the Mormons were abused more than they all, Dr. Bradley. You can say it's a shorter period of time, maybe, uh, but they were literally ran out of the country on a rail dr bradley and so uh, no group has had that kind of a beat look exterminate men women and children doesn't matter if you rape the women or the little girls along the way whatever you want to do is good treating them worse than literally the animals
2: dr bradley well that's kind of where we seem to be going now we talked last uh friday i believe it was about how we've become so debauched as a people and and uh and and you ask, where do we go now? And I, I threw out, I says, I don't know. It's as bad as I can think. Well, maybe bestiality. You remember the conversation we had. And, and we really are uh, accepting across the board of things that, I mean, even in my lifetime would have never been even the slightest consideration. And, uh, and you're right, the uh, – Lilburn Boggs, Governor Lilburn Boggs' extermination order of 1838 uh, in Missouri, against a whole religious people. I mean, exterminate them. Who does that? Who says that? And and you just wonder how far away we are from that. From, I mean, you know, they'll try and exterminate Christians maybe in court actions and in business uh, things. Um, You know, in the certainly in the marketplace, the public arena of what gets to be spoken of, no, it's hate speech now. You can't even talk about a religious concept without being accused of, of maybe hurting somebody's feelings about a made-up sexual status or something,
1: you know? It's appalling, absolutely appalling. Well, so, there you have uh, you it, know, ladies and gentlemen. We don't mean to be negative. We do mean to highlight what is coming, though, from a realist point of view. And then what our goal is, though, is to help folks understand what they can do to mitigate, to reduce, to turn the tide, whatever you want. So it is our hope and prayer that we will all repent first and then do what we can to restore the God ordained constitutional foundations of our country. Look, if we turn to God and repent, our greater numbers, as True the Vote and others have highlighted during the show today uh, from my notes, look, our greater numbers can change the tide. We've got to educate ourselves. We have got to reject uh, what the mainstream press in bed with government and or those who push for democracy are selling us. We have got to say we're not buying. We believe in the founding fathers. We believe in God, family, and country. We believe in the Christian viewpoint of the Ten Commandments. We believe that the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Bible, Scripture, if you will, are our guide for success. God promises us biblically that if we repent, he will heal our land and protect us. What a great promise. What an incredible opportunity that you and I have now, Dr. Bradley. Well, we do. Uh,
2: we can starve them out. I mean, whether it's a COVID mandate kind of nonsense or it's a uh, this idea of, of running roughshod over our belief systems. We do. We can starve them out. We can withdraw our support of it, and I think we ought to be doing that. I, I think that but we've got to become awakened and aroused to a sense of our awful situation. Uh, I truly believe that this nation is at greater risk right now than it was in the 1860s. You know, uh, yeah, we had, we ran out of statesmen for a while in there, but we still had a few.
1: And, and we don't have any today. Well, and the tenor of the people today. then were generally moral people. Now I'm afraid we're not that either. Yeah, well, you look at World War
2: II. I really believe that there are plenty of moms that prayed their boys home from the war. I mean, I think our uh, losses were far, far less than you would have thought they'd have been had God not smiled upon a people that was, was petitioning him on bended knee. and uh, And I think we've got to return to that. We've got to return to the God who gave us liberty. Our nation will only endure if we go back to those foundational principles that it was established on. And, and honestly, they came out of the Holy Scriptures. Those principles were there for, uh, for us to use to establish this nation that became the hope of the world.
1: And, and Amen. You know, I'm I've a computer guy, folks, so I'm going to end on an if-then statement, Doctor. If we, the people, turn to God, family, and country and repent, then God promises us he will protect us and heal our land. What an incredible promise from God Almighty, and what an opportunity that we have in our day. It's a blessing to live in our day when we, wait, we await the return of the Savior Jesus Christ, and it's our time to prepare ourselves, our families, and our loved ones around us for that eventuality. We win in the end, folks. Do not give up. Take courage. Take hope. Pray for the return of Jesus Christ, and let's do all we can to prepare people for that to happen. That's our hope and our efforts, Dr. Bradley. Well, there aren't any more oceans to navigate where we can
2: get away from this stuff. There's no more planes to go across, no more frontiers. It's here. It's now. There's been lines of demarcation drawn. It's time for us to do something about
1: it. It's our time in history. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, two hours in the can. Hard-hitting talk always at your fingertips. Archives are available at libertyroundtable.com and LovingLiberty.net. Donate, would you please? Every penny we'll use, every sacred penny. We will use it to grow our ability to truth tell, to tell the tale of God, family, and country, ultimately liberty to everyone who will listen to our voices. Uh, freedomsrisingsun.com is Dr. Bradley's site. God save the Republic of the United States of America.